let's not overthink this. Buckeyes have been rolled. This is a decent hire for Tennessee. So I'm actually on FanDuel right now, locking in Gonzaga. Clemson's going to put up 55 points by themselves. I love this game. Big noon kickoff. I'm going to throw some major money on this bet. I'm taking the over. Tom Brady's the GOAT. I'm taking Tampa Bay, and I'm taking the money line. I think I've got three bets uh, on this particular game. If you're going to bet with me, it's got to be good. That's right. It's time for my steak dinner boom lock of the week. Gentlemen, ready to go make our listeners some money? Hello, folks, and welcome back to Sports Bets Fun. We're excited to have you here. We're recording the show live Friday, October 1st. This will drop uh, later tonight, just in time for all the games this weekend. Thank you for listening to us, and I encourage you to subscribe. Follow us, uh, follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Do us a favor if you like the show, tell your friends about it and ask them to subscribe and follow us. We are Sports Bets Fun. And in addition to our podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter at SportsBetsFun for all the hot takes and picks and all the banter back and forth that we drop off air throughout the week. I'm Maddie Money, and joining me, we have B-Locks and Mickey Sanrino here tonight. Scotty B. Good is off. Gentlemen, uh, we are looking at Iowa, Maryland. We have Houston going live right now. Uh, I know we all have plays on on these games. Everything is looking good, looking like a solid start to the weekend. So, B-Locks, you're looking at this Iowa game, man, 44-7 right now in the third quarter. you got to be liking that. Ooh, how about those Hawkeyes, baby? Uh, they are uh, absolutely looking great so far. That Hawkeye defense taking, uh, taking the ball away quite a bit. And, uh Proven why they uh, they're going to be one of the top teams in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, and Mickey, you were, you were talking about this uh, earlier today when we were chatting about you know this is a, a kind of a common Maryland thing they'll they'll come out two and oh, three and oh, something then then lay a big egg on a big stage. You, you could set your clock to this. They're not there yet. Iowa's defense is is an elite Big Ten defense. Uh, you know, minus three and a half. That was easy money. It's looking like it's going to be easy money. Obviously, the game's not over. Maryland just punched one in, but uh, big hill for them to climb. But liking what I see so far. Yeah, and Houston's up big too. We're, um, I'm sk- uh, tailing Scotty. Scotty, be good on that one. It's uh, looking at us forty-two to three, uh, about five minutes into the into the fourth quarter. So that's looking looking really good there. So. Uh, we're off to a strong start and, and, you know, last week again, as a crew, our picks of the week, we had another winning week, um, all in combined, uh, since college football started, we are 48 and 27 and plus 23.29 units. So a hundred dollar better is, has made over $2,300 taking those picks of the week. That's, that's pretty impressive gentlemen. Very Mickey. And Belox, man, I'm I'm in the presence of greatness right now because both of you are sitting at 11 wins, four losses on your picks. That's just an outstanding win percentage. Now, uh, Belox, I know Mickey's kind of got you on the edge with with the units. He's had some some bigger bets and some bigger payouts. But uh, during this run, man, 11 and four, you, you gotta like gotta like that, man. You're on fire. Got, oh yeah, absolutely. Gotta like the uh, the run that we've been on so far. Uh, Mickey's, uh, edged me out in some of the, uh, some of the contests in terms of, uh, how many units are won, but yeah, it's, it's surprising that he hasn't said much about that, uh, of late, you know, such a humble guy over there. <laughs> well, well, let's give him the opportunity, man. Mickey, <laughs> this is about 
two or three weeks in a row you've you've uh, climbed to the top of the rankings, and I know you're looking to keep it going this week. Okay, slow and steady is is how I'm doing it. My steak dinner boom, two unit lock, four and O on the season. Speaking of locks, B locks, I was not disappointed at all to see your lock last week. The Pittsburgh Steelers lay a huge egg at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> might have, might not have shed any tears over that one, but hey, oh. overall, guys, we're all crushing it again. Maddie, you said it, hundred dollar better, up over twenty three hundred bucks, forty eight and twenty seven combined record. Our picks of the week again. We make money, you make money. All of our listeners out there, it's it's that easy. Well, and, and you're talking a little bit about last week. Uh, let's just, before we jump into um, to the rest of the show, let's just look back and what uh, what were your biggest surprises, biggest takeaways, any teams we should be following? Um, B-Locks, we'll go to you first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I know we were all following this uh, kind of as a group as we were going on, but, you know, watching that, uh, you know, last week we, we targeted the uh, – um, game uh, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin game as, as one of the key games of the week. Uh, one of the games that we thought we'd learn a lot about and, and boy, did we ever learn a lot in that game, uh, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. Uh, again, Wisconsin kind of laying an egg there against Notre Dame, Notre Dame kind of figuring out how to defend Wisconsin and, and ended up, uh, you know, at the, at the end, uh, Notre Dame really made it look like this was a blowout, but again, uh, tough to say that that Wisconsin was in this game really at any major point uh, th- throughout here because uh, Notre Dame really took it to them here. So yeah, that was my uh, big surprise of the week was was how well Notre Dame handled Wisconsin. Mickey, you know I, I had my stake dinner boom lock was Rutgers covering that twenty and a half points at Michigan. Uh, you know I'm looking at this this game kind of through two lenses. One, Rutgers might be a little bit of a against the spread darling this season. The way Shiano's got them playing, that sat at fourteen and a half this week against Ohio State. You might want to stay away from that one. But then Michigan, you know, we talk about, you know, at the top of the show, how Maryland is, is, uh, does this every year where they start off hot, then they just get drubbed in their first notable game of the year. And it's same old Maryland. Go back to Michigan. And Michigan, great in September, pre-COVID. Then they struggle in Big Ten play. Is the Michigan team that we're going to see now under Harbaugh, is that going to be a team that has to hold on and, and has some, some struggles this season? Or do they actually have it figured out? Yeah, and I was looking at last week, and uh, um, you know, Oklahoma, West Virginia. You know, we, we coming in the week, we all knew Oklahoma. You know, probably wasn't up to snuff um, compared to some, you know, the close call against Nebraska. But kind of uh, a couple weeks now with with how West Virginia played them, I believe the final score was sixteen to thirteen. Yeah, I mean, you would think a game like that between those two teams is, with the offenses they have and traditionally have, it's going to be. 42-35, but uh, I was kind of surprised that Oklahoma's offense looks looks like it's you know not quite what we're we're used to seeing out of the the Sooner offense. So that was that, that was a big surprise to me, Mickey. Well, I'll add one more to that, which is you talk about explosive offenses laying eggs. Uh, Clemson, uh, I know Scotty was big on Clemson against NC State. They get upset in overtime, but their offense they haven't they haven't been scoring points. That's uh, that's you know, there's two teams in Oklahoma and Clemson were coming into the season. You looked at them as as bonafide 
playoff contenders. Oklahoma still controls their own destiny, but you also look at Spencer Rattler and DJ Ugalele, which I know I just slaughtered. They were Heisman favorites, and both of those guys are are not at the top of the, the Heisman odds right now, and, and frankly, both have struggled uh, even, even given uh, Oklahoma's success with Spencer Rattler. So that, that's a surprise as well. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, contrast that with the other sort of big brand name, uh, Ohio State, that's, you know, obviously lost to Oregon um, week two of the season. But, you know, they throttled Akron, held them to seven points. You know, granted, Akron's Akron, but Ohio State looked crisp. They scored, um, you know, you know all, all different ways. So, B-Locks, when you're looking at that, do you think maybe this Buckeye team might have spent a couple weeks now since they've uh, transitioned play calling on their defensive side? And, uh, you know, their quarterback, obviously Stroud didn't play last week, but they had their, their true freshmen. But maybe maybe they're kind of settling in, figuring out who they are. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with that assessment, Matty. I, I, I think uh, Ohio State is going to get better and better uh, each week. Uh, you know, obviously the, the defensive side was the side that we definitely were, were looking at the most here. We wanted to see the most improvement there because their offense has, has put up points. Their offense has, has not been stagnant like we've seen with some other teams here. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, seeing the, seeing the defense make strides is, is definitely uh, more important than seeing the offense make strides. And, and we're going to learn a lot here when they play against an improved Rutgers team this week uh, under Greg Schiano, who's, who's got those boys playing pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, enough about last week. Let's uh, let's start looking at uh, this week, Mickey. Why don't we why don't we jump into our teasers, dogs and props? Yeah, let's do that. So first at the top, uh, let's talk about teasers. Maddie, you've been big on this Buckeye vault teaser this season. Talk a little bit about last week's play and, and what you're looking at for this week's teasers. Yeah, no, last week I had um, and and. For listeners, listen. You know, I do this do this uh, in honor of Scotty V. Good. He's a Tennessee alum. I'm an Ohio State alum. So I, what I do is I look at look at those two games and and take a pick and uh, one on the Buckeye side and one on the Volunteer and and I'm two for two. Hit hit twice. Uh, and last week uh, I had the under. I, I nicknamed the pick underwhelmed because both teams had been kind of underwhelming. And we took the under and. Ohio State versus Akron under 66 and a half. Um, and we teased that up five points to 71 and a half. And then we had Tennessee, Florida uh, tease that from 63 and a half up to 68 and a half, taking the honor on both those. And that hit. And that was uh, plus 137. So nice little payout there. This week, I don't know what's going on in FanDuel, but I cannot get a teaser. <laughs> um, I was been spending all week trying to put a couple together and there's just no option to do it. So I've got a parlay straight parlay on this. Um, and again, I'm, I'm taking the under in both these games. I'm looking at Tennessee versus Mi- Missouri under 65 and a half and Ohio state versus Rutgers under 58 and a half. And this is going to be a plus two fifty nine. So this is a really juicy one, but B locks as we were talking, uh, you know, if Ohio state's defense has kind of turned the corner, uh, Mickey is, as is, is we've talked about with Rutgers, you know, on their Shiano, they're a well-coached football team. They're, they're, they're going to play you tough. That just feels like, you know, maybe Ohio state will keep Rutgers offense at bay, but you know, maybe Rutgers will uh, not let this game get too far away from them. And that, to me, that screams under, and then with Tennessee and Missouri, uh, 65 and a half, uh, you know, that, that's a, I kind of see this game being maybe like a 31, 24 type game. Um, 
I don't know, these two teams just, they haven't overly impressed. Um, so I'm leaning on that one. Uh, it's tough to go back and forth between the over and the under, but, but I like the under more. So that's, that's what I'm taking for the Buckeye volunteer. I guess we'll call it parlay uh, this week, Mickey. Nice. Yeah. I looked at my teaser action last week. I had a four leg NFL teaser. I bought six points in each game. Bills teased that down. Didn't really have to worry about that game. Colts teased it up to 10 and a half. They covered. Bengals teased it up to nine. You know, I, apparently I didn't need that one, but the game that lost that teaser for me was the Chiefs. I teased that to minus one. They ended up losing to the Chargers. That was the game I thought was the sure bet uh, in that teaser, but, uh, you know, it didn't win last week. This week, teaser action. You go to sportsbetsfund.com and you you search out Johnny Dogs' article is his week four plays. He's got two teasers that I'm tailing. The first one is his winner's teaser. He's Chiefs teased down to minus one against the Eagles. The Titans teased down to minus one against the Jets. Actually, if you go on FanDuel right now, the odds of that Titans game, you tease that down to a pick them for the Titans. Highly recommend jumping on that. And the other one is Falcons teased up to seven and a half at home against the Washington football team. And the second one is the Vikings teased up to plus eight at home against the Browns. Tell you what, I did both of those teasers separately, but I also grouped all four together for a three teaser play this week. Excited to follow along on Sunday, see how those play out. And I'll report back next week when we're taping. All right, let's move into underdogs. Let's, you know, we're going to go around, guys, pick a dog, a dog we like this week. B-Locks, I'm going to start with you. All right. Now, I guess I'm going to start out with, uh, with an underdog by, uh, by definition, depending on where you're going to, uh, you know, place your bets here. Because technically right here, the University of Michigan is, is getting, depending on where you're betting, I got them as a one-and-a-half-point dog towards Wisconsin this week. So that's – I'm looking at that. I'm looking at these two teams, Wisconsin, and I'm looking at Michigan. And the way that Wisconsin has played against uh, big-time op- opponents this year, uh, week one against Penn State, kind of laying an egg, dropping the ball when, when, when it came to crunch time. Notre Dame last week, similar kind of an idea here. If you're going to let me uh, pick this game, I'm going with Michigan here. If you're going to give me a point and a half, I'm absolutely going to take that. Uh, in fact, I think this one is a, is a straight money line bet on the Wolverines against the Badgers, even though this one's being played in Madison, which is definitely going to be a tough place to play. Well, and I, and I got that money line bet, uh, B-Locks. I, I like that, and uh... – I think it, I think it's just a good play these these two teams and we'll talk about this this game a little bit later but uh, that's one that jumped out to me I got a couple dogs I you know not to win straight up but, you know they're pretty pretty good but but from a to cover standpoint um, some plays that I have I really like Boston College at plus fourteen and a half you have the hook there versus a Clemson team that struggled that has struggled pretty much all year putting up points and then. I'm I'm playing Indiana plus 13 and a half versus Penn State. I think uh, I'm not quite sold on Penn State yet, and Indiana's looked a little bit better as the season's gone on. So I, I think they can keep that within two touchdowns. Um, th- those are two other plays that you know 
uh, I'd be looking at, and especially that Boston College one. Um, I like that one a lot. You know, I'm with you guys on that Michigan game. I love that Boston College, at least against the spread pick, 14 and a half at Clemson. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Clemson just hasn't looked crisp. They actually remind me a lot of uh, maybe the 2015 Ohio State team in some capacity where they can't get out of their own way. And if you go back and look at that team, they were one in six against the spread early in the season before they started to get going. So love those picks. Uh, the one I'm looking at is taking place down in uh, Fort Worth. We're looking at TCU getting four and a half against Texas. Texas comes off a big win last week against TCU. Meanwhile, I'm sorry, against uh, not TCU, Texas Tech. Meanwhile, TCU lays an egg against Southern Methodist. They were looking ahead to Texas, but here's the thing. Horns are 2-8 and eight against the spread the week before the Red River rivalry, and TCU has had their number for the last few years. So this is one where, where I'm looking at, definitely looking at TCU against the spread, but also throwing a, a half a unit on the TCU money line. So, Mickey, I'm actually on the other side of you on this one. Um, I got Texas at minus three and a half. And, uh, I, you know, the trends and everything, I, I, I look at those. and But what, what kind of does it for me, I think it's Sarkeesian, right? I think that breaks the trend. And at least that's what I'm hoping for. And they looked really good last week putting up some points. So, we'll see how that game goes. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's one of those that feels like it could go any, any other way. But uh, I'm, I'm on the Texas side there. Well, and this, this is, by the way, this is a team that since Sarkeesian went back to Casey Thompson, at quarterback, they've, they've looked a lot crisp than they did against uh, Arkansas with Hudson Card uh, week two. So that's a, that's a curious one. I is following trends, though. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, now we're going to move into props. Some props that we're leaning. Uh, B-Locks, I know you got a couple you like. Yes, sir. I've got some uh, some prop bet this week. The, the one that I like the most is one I'm going to talk about uh, here here first here. Uh, and, and again, uh, uh, the NFL is where we are moving towards here. And uh, Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who have looked awfully good this year in the uh, in the NFL, although uh, they weren't able to to quite uh, cover the spread last week, which was. Uh, a travesty for us all, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but Derek Carr has had quite a season so far. He is—he's uh, passed for something like uh, 401 yards per game on average uh, through through week three of the NFL season. Uh, this week, Derek Carr is minus 115 to throw for over 280. Uh, they're playing uh, a, a tough Chargers team. I'm thinking that this game could definitely end up being a, a shootout kind of game. I mean, the the Raiders are gonna are gonna have to keep up with the Chargers. This is a, is a very good Chargers team this year. Some say they might win the division, uh, it's, and it's a heck of a division. So, I've got uh, Derek Carr this week over 280 yards passing. Again, I think this one is a lock. And that's, uh, that's not a bad pick because something else that's going on in that game is Joey Bosa is uh, battling with injuries, and he's, uh, he's questionable coming up, coming up uh, this week too. So if he's out, that takes away from that Charger pass rush. Sure. You know, there, there's one I'm looking at that I love, and, and I'm going to play some more uh, on Sunday as I evaluate NFL Sunday and some of the, some of the prop lines solidify. But one that stands out to me right now and this is this is one that you know you got to have a little bit of faith is 
Sam Darnold, Dick Hammer's grandson, over 265 and a half passing yards against the Cowboys. Carolina, you look at their numbers, your season to date, eighth in the league in passing yards. They're going to be without Christian McCaffrey in this, which means their run game will be limited. So Sam Darnold's going to have to put more on their shoulders, but he's looked better each week. The Cowboys, second to last in the league, allowing 331 yards per game against them. And that's after playing Jalen Hurts last week, who, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, that one hurt to watch. But this is one where I feel like Sam Darnold in the passing game is, is going to keep Carolina in it. Carolina undefeated. They may not be a bona fide threat, even though they're three and zero. but at the same time they're, they're playing with confidence Their defense is playing strong. And, and this is a opportunity. I feel like where Sam Darnold's going to have to come out against the Cowboy team and, and, and play keep up with Dak Prescott in that offense. Maddie, do you got any props this week or are you just going to be tailing, tailing us? Uh, well, I'm listening, I'm listening to you guys and uh, I'm, I'm really liking that Derek Carr <laughs> and I'm liking that the Sam Darnold as well. So I'll, I'll be, be tailing those most likely and uh I'll, I'll i usually jump in and start looking at the nfl stuff kind of later in the day t- uh on saturday but uh yeah i i like what you guys what you guys got out there cool then the last thing with props i want to revisit we go back to the first show of this season we talked about heisman trophy odds i want to revisit that we're almost a quarter of the way through the season guys i'm gonna ask you who is standing out Right now, the, the, the money front runner, Matt Coral, Ole Miss, plus 150. Bryce Young, Alabama, plus 300. Don't want to tease what we have upcoming, but they're meeting this week. After that, it's wide open. Uh, who stands out, Maddie, that, that you're looking at for good value, maybe down the list uh, as well as you, as you think about what needs to happen for the Heisman, uh, Heisman front runner to further emerge? Yeah, I think uh, to take your second question first, uh, you know, between Corral and Young and, and JT Daniels, um, you know, they're all going to have their opportunities sort of playing each other. And and obviously with Ole Miss and Alabama, we'll, we'll get into that game here in a few minutes. If Corral has a phenomenal game, and they, I don't think they have to win it, but if he has one of those performances where, you know, throws for, you know, 350 yards and three or four touchdowns and maybe Ole Miss, you know, keeps it close but loses in a shootout, you know, you could definitely see – um, the hype continuing for him. And likewise, if Bryce Young comes out and just has another strong performance, out duels, you know, and it just kind of attrition, right? Knocks Corral, you know, the, the Bama defense keeps Corral at bay. You know, you kind of see him him dropping a little bit. So I, I think from, from, from those three, it's sort of, you know, whose team emerges, right? Um, but if you're looking further down the list that maybe uh, um, some of these candidates and where they are, you know, I – I kind of think you got Desmond Ritter, which was Belocks. You were talking about him, uh, Cincinnati's quarterback, as maybe a dark horse candidate. And then Travion Henderson at Ohio State, and maybe I'm just just biased towards Ohio State, but you know Ritter's plus two thousand, Travion's plus three thousand. I don't think either of them really have a, a legit chance. Ritter, Ritter probably more so than Henderson, but both of them I, I feel are you know cornerstone cornerstones that offense. I think with with the Buckeyes, they have they're loaded with talent, but they're kind of leaning on their run game a little more and Henderson's such an electric runner that if he just has a stretch where he goes for a couple hundred yards, you know, two or three games in a row. Um, and really, especially against like a Penn state when that game's, uh, you know, nationally televised and, and, or Michigan, Michigan state type game, if he goes off in a game like that and Ohio state's 
you know, starts creeping back into the top four, you could, you could see some buzz being there, especially if they rely on him. And, and likewise with, with Ritter at Cincinnati and, and Belox, I'll let you talk a little bit more about him if you want, but if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame and, and they look good and the path kind of opens up for them to, to sneak into the playoffs, you know, you could definitely see a player like him getting the nod. I, I think it would, I think it would take sort of attrition from other teams and, and quarterbacks kind of playing their way out of the Heisman, but uh, you know, that that's happened before. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, that's great analysis right there. And then same thing. Uh, I think, I think week one, when we talked about this, uh, you know, dark horse uh, Desmond Ritter here was, was one of my guys for this. And, and, and I still think that when it's all said and done, he's going to be at least in contention for, for this award. Um, again, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this because he's got a big, uh, a big task in front of him this week when they play Notre Dame. And, and essentially uh, for Cincinnati, this week is going to be, this is their Super Bowl week for, for Cincinnati coming up. And this is going to, this is going to tell us quite a bit about uh, about how those odds are going to change for us next week, and and it's the same for for Matt Coral and Bryce Young here, uh, with, with them squaring off, just like you said, Matty here. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting how these odds are going to change next week after what we see this week here coming up on Saturday, because because these you know top three four teams uh, squaring off. Belox, I couldn't agree with you more. The reason I selected this tonight to talk about is is the the, the Heisman moments that some of the leaders in the uh, the money odds are looking at this week. The SEC quarterback's going to play play themselves throughout the year, right? Matt Curl, Bryce Young, one of those guys is going to take a step this week in theory. Desmond Ritter, big opportunity. Maddie, you mentioned Travion Henderson. Ohio State still has their biggest games ahead of them in Big Ten play. Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, potential Big Ten championship game. He can run wild. It's it's a wide open field for the most part right now. I think another guy who who you know I come back to, two guys I come back to that I kind of like are Casey Thompson at Texas and B. John Robinson at Texas. B. John Robinson plus 5,000, Casey Thompson plus 8,000. If these guys ball out, they take care of business against Oklahoma and Texas goes on a, on a run under Sark's in Sark's first year, they could potentially get some, uh, some of that notoriety. But beyond that, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler still, still has some big games ahead of him. And, and Maddie, I a hundred percent agree with what you said about Trevion Henderson and even CJ Stroud, how state's biggest games are ahead of them. But yeah, it's interesting to see how this is going to shake out this week and, and go into next week. But it definitely starts at the top, and you look at the Matt Coral Bryce Young matchup, the impact that's going to have for Heisman Trophy, but also the teams that they respectively play for and the game that's ahead. Matty, I'm going to kick it back to you, and we're going to start talking about games of the week. That's what we call a segue in the business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and let's start with a big one. Uh, Number 12, Ole Miss at number one, Alabama. The spread here is 14 and a half. Alabama is laying the points. Mickey, what are your thoughts when you, you look at Ole Miss? Well, I look at Ole Miss. Offensively, they got weapons, and, and they're most likely they're going to score, right? But then I look at the other side of the ball. Alabama doesn't have Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Mac Jones this year. Bryce Young's been amazing. They have a lot of skill players in the wide receiver position that have stepped up. And, and outside of the, the second half against Florida, they, they looked like 
what you would expect Alabama to look like, but they still haven't outside of Florida, haven't played a, a potential contender. Ole Miss, their defense is much improved. DJ Durkin has done a better job this year. They've gotten some transfers that they've been able to piece in and solidify some, some depth that they bat that they need. Is it enough to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama? I'm not so sure, but when I look at that 14 and a half line, I mean, it just screams old miss and the points. That's where I'm at. Belocks, what are your thoughts on this one? Hey, well, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you're talking about the defensive side of the ball here, Mickey. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 it warms my heart. Um, I'm feeling really good right now, but uh, I'm going to talk, and, and I know it's, it's going to be a little bit of role reversal because I'm actually going to talk about the offensive side of the ball here, which is a little bit more uncomfortable for me, but, but I'm going gonna, gonna to try anyway. So, so you boys are just going to have to hear me out here. Uh, Nick Saban, who is a defensive-minded coach here, uh, playing against Lane Kiffin, the, the, the protege here. Great storyline in this game, fellas. And uh, when I'm thinking about this game, I'm thinking Nick Saban, he's, he knows Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin wants to go fast. That offense is going to move. They run more plays by average than I think virtually any other team in college football. And so Lane Kiffin is going to do what good – defensive-minded coaches do, and that he is going to run a slow offense, and he is going to try to keep the ball away from Old Miss here because, again, Old Miss can score some points here. So I think what we're going to see here out of, uh, out of Alabama is a controlled approach on offense here in an effort to try to keep that ball out of Old Miss's hands. Mickey, what you got on this? Do you think that helps out Old Miss's defense? If they're if they're playing a, a slower tempo now, granted, Bama could routinely get five, six, seven yards of play and make that move. But do you think it helps out the Ole Miss defense if Alabama tries to play methodical and maybe go a little bit away from where they've been the last couple of years under Saban? Yeah, it, Mickey, it, I think it very well could. Uh, it's you know the. The issue about going slow on offense is it, it, it a it gives you more time to think about what you want to do, but but yeah, you're giving your opponent a little bit of time, a little bit more time to think about how they want to defend things as well. The the you know the tempo offense, uh, the the big benefit behind the tempo offense is is that you're trying to catch the defense off guard, or you're going to try to prevent them from substituting and make it kind of a depth type of a game which no doubt if you're looking at those two teams you got to think that Alabama in terms of depth is going to have the advantage on so yeah it it could that brings in a lot of different factors into the game it's a great question Mickey excellent excellent and uh uh it's definitely gonna be a fun one to watch and I I love watching that Ole Miss offense as they line up and run play after play but you know Alabama man they've been the They've been the cream of the crop the last number of years. This this kind of has a feeling. I, I kind of wonder if this is like that Texas A&M Bama game a number of years ago when Johnny Manziel sort of uh, came out and was on fire and, and they pulled the upset. Um, I'm on Old Miss with the points, but I also got a small play Old Miss money line on this. Just just you know when, when you can put up a lot of points, anything can happen, right? You know the, the couple penalties throw throw some drives off for Bama turnover something like that something fluky and uh you know who knows what happens but it's, it's definitely gonna be a fun one to watch so hey gentlemen 
Jim. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Who is here? Scotty Betts. It's got to be good. Yeah. Dropping I mean, in, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, I had to hop in. You guys got on this topic right here. I was like, I got to join in. I can't pass this up. Here's a ring, and we're talking SEC ball. That's like a yeah. Batman searchlight going out over uh, <laughs> going out over <laughs> Central Tennessee for you, huh? It's a fact. It's like a bug zapper, man. I can't stay away. <laughs> I uh, listen, man. You guys are nailing on this game. Hey, Lane Kiffin on a bye week, man. That guy is scheming, dude. And you guys didn't really talk about Matt Corral right there, man. He's a Heisman front runner, man. And I would say he's he's a top dog right now. You know, he's thrown for nine nine touchdowns this year. He's rushed for five, um, no interceptions. This kid looks incredible, dude. So listen, bye week. Kiffin coming back in. You know, he has got this game circled. He's been playing it so cool on social media saying, oh, Alabama's the best. Oh, he's our, he's our godfather, this and that and the other. Um, I'm telling you what, he's got a scheme and he's got some things up his sleeve. This game is going to be awesome. Could be game of the year. The highest over-under ever in an SEC game. I think right now it's at 80 points, 79 and a half, 80. Um, so, yeah, they're expecting major points, guys. And, Matty Money, you, you caught it perfect, dude. I, I 100%. I jumped on that line. I texted you all. Um, last week, as soon as the line came out at 17 and a half, I bet within the hour you guys remember that that spread moved three points in uh, Ole Miss's favor. So I've got it locked in at 17 and a half. I put, went ahead and did play some money line bet as well, guys, because I can I see Ole Miss. I see them knocking them off, man. They're going to come in there with a lot of confidence. I love it. I love it. And well, let, let's stay in the SEC. Let's jump over to another big one that uh, is, is going on. And this is an early kickoff, but it's number two. Georgia is going to host number eight, Arkansas. Georgia is favored by 18 and a half. Now, this is an Arkansas team that throttled Texas A&M. And they've looked good so far, kind of kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, and Georgia, number two in the country. Everyone expected them to be up there. They they looked solid, you know, so far through, through four or five weeks. Scotty. You're our SEC guru, man, and we weren't expecting you to be on to take this. But do you want to <laughs> do you want to break this down or give us your thoughts? You're yeah, saving brother. us, Scotty. Dude, I'll tell you what. Hey, Suey, hey, Suey. <laughs> Dang, man, I'll tell you what. I've been riding Arkansas the last few weeks, and they're a legit team, man. They're they're a tough football team, and you don't forget they pounded Texas earlier in the year as well. So now they've beaten two good teams. I'm not saying Texas and Texas Texas A&M are world beaters, but they're good football teams. And they made, them, they made them look silly. So, I expect them coming into this game with a ton of confidence. Um, listen, Georgia's not going to big boy them. They're not going to push them around. And, and dude, I'll tell you what, what a huge weekend in the SEC. I think this is going to be an absolute battle. And, guys, I'm not bet against Arkansas yet, and I'm not about to start betting against them now. And later on down here, we're going to be talking about our team parlay. You know I've been throwing Arkansas around in that parlay a few more times. Expect to see them there again, guys. I, I'm digging the hogs. Um I don't think they can pull off this win. Listen, UJ's loaded. Um, I think they're a legit, you know, top – they are a top two to three team in the country. Um, I expect them to be in the SEC championship game. Um, they've got – I feel like they've got more firepower this year than they have in the last few. Last few, I didn't think they could get over the hump. So, it's going to be the first true test for Georgia, and I cannot wait to see, dude. I, I, I hope that, that Arkansas comes out ready to play, and I would love nothing better than to see the Hogs take them down. It's going to be an awesome game. Yeah, it definitely will. And Mickey, you've been you've been on the Georgia train since the get go. What, what's your what's your take on this game when you look at it? Look, I got a future bet on Georgia to win the national championship. I have a future bet on JT Daniels to win the Heisman. Um, the first one maybe looks okay. The second one of those bets, 
yeah, there's still a lot of football left to be played, <laughs> but whatever. But I look at Georgia's coming in this game, the healthiest they've been all season. They're tight end, Washington, big playmaker coming back into the lineup. They're at home. Arkansas is coming off a, a big emotional win. Uh, Scotty, you've been on the Hogs all year, and I love it. That 18 and a half, I definitely think the Hogs are going to cover against the spread, but it's yeah. not going to be – it's going to be a lot closer to that 18 and a half than it's going to be to a 10 or, or an eight-point game. I just feel like we're going to see Georgia and the talent they have on both sides of the ball start to rise and rise and rise as they get healthier, and they're going to start to look like the more complete team that we're expecting. And the other caveat in this game is K.J. Jefferson – the, the brilliant Arkansas quarterback banged up his knee last yep, week. Yep. You know, it depends if he's not a hundred percent, that, that is a big weapon, big weapon at the Kendall Bryles offense uh, uh, deploys and, and we'll see how he, he comes in and he plays. But uh, if he's healthy, look out that Arkansas team can, can be very dynamic with the ball in their hands. Yeah. Nikki, you nailed that buddy about the quarterback and that's, I, I hate that. I hope he, I hope he's able to play and go. And maybe if he's not a hundred percent, he's close to it because that's the matchup I want to see is that Arkansas offense going up against that Georgia D, and that's a battle. That's a war, right? And, you know, they always say defense wins championships. So, I think Georgia can squeak that out, and they will, but nowhere near it. They're, they're not going to cover that 18-and-a-half spread, man. So, Scotty, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tailing you on that. I've got I've got Arkansas with the points. I'm playing that. And, but another play on this game that I was curious about is kind of breaking this down was in Arkansas to cover in the first half as well. Or, excuse me, um, an under in the first half. And part of me is thinking these teams come out. This feels like this could be one of those games where they're feeling each other out in that first half, low scoring game. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's, you know, 13 to 10 or something at halftime before the offenses really get going. So I don't know if any of you, any of you have any thoughts on that? I love that play. You look at the big noon kickoffs this season, the big, biggest games of the week. You know, the Fox has the Nebraska-Oklahoma, the, the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game. Uh, I forget the, uh, oh, the Michigan State-Miami game. I don't think that was a big noon kickoff on Fox, but all those games hit the first half under. These teams come out a little bit sleepy, a little bit trying to feel each other out, and then uh, it, it, takes, it takes some time to get into the game. So, uh, Maddie, I, I, I was listening, but I was also checking myself out on, on the uh, video chat we have going. What did you say that first half line is? It's 24 and a half. <laughs> the, 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 over, the total points is 24 and a half for the, for the first half in the Arkansas-Georgia game. I, you know, I, think an under, I think the under might be the play there. I don't, I don't see it being a 14-10 game unless there's some turnovers or you know 17 to 14, something like that, that would go over. So uh, I like that underplay. Anyways, let's uh, let's jump on to something else. Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin. We're going to go to Big Ten land, but Scotty, we do have another SEC big time SEC matchup that we'll we'll touch on here in, a, in another minute. Um, <laughs> Belocks uh, and, and and Mickey uh, want to get your takes on Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan's number fourteen, and they're going to travel to Madison to face off against the Badgers. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, Kind of as this. This is one of the last lines to come on, come on to the books uh, for, of the NCAA games this week. And in some of the books, had Wisconsin favored, others had Michigan favored. Uh, on FanDuel, uh, Michigan's getting two and a half points um, at this point. It actually opened, I believe, it was Michigan at a half a point favorite. So it's kind of been you know between these two teams, you know, within uh, a point or two either way, which is was very interesting and probably speaks to just potentially how tough it is to kind of 
you know, as everyone's looking at this, you can, you know, which Michigan team are we really looking at here this year and which Wisconsin team, you know, Wisconsin, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, they totally outplayed Penn state, but lost that game. And then kind of threw a dud, especially in the second half against, against Notre Dame last week. So, you know, what are we going to get from these and be locks? If, if you're looking at this, what do you like? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, this is uh this is one of those games that you got to circle in the calendar here. And uh, pre-show here, uh, Mickey and I had, had had quite a long conversation about this particular game and, 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 and trying, to, trying to analyze Wisconsin and trying to analyze Michigan and, and trying to see what we're going we're, we're to get out of this particular game. And, and, and what we kind of came to a, you know, the conclusion here is that you know, both of these are, are your pretty stereotypical Big Ten teams. You know, they're, they're run-first teams. And defensively, they're stop-the-run-first kind of teams. And so they're going to run the ball. They're going to play pretty good defense against the run. And the, they're, they're generally not going to give up a ton of points here. So it, with both of these teams being essentially equal, we're, we got to look at the quarterbacks. And we got to see, all right, which one of these two quarterbacks is going to be more inclined to, to help their team to win the game? Is it going to be uh, – you know, is it going to be Graham Mertz? And, and, and I tell you what, you know, Graham Mertz, uh, based on the, the body of work that we have seen thus far, uh, it's, it's really difficult to bet on, uh, on him in a, in a big-time game like what a Michigan-Wisconsin game is going to be. So I got to tell you, in this one here, I'm leaning a little bit towards the Wolverines. Mickey, what do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm on the Wolverines' money line. I also have a Wolverines against the spread pick, and, and I'm on the under as well, which I I, I, I want to say it's like uh, 40-something. 40, 40 I can't remember off the top of my head. But I look at this as being the, the, the two defenses are going are gonna to stop the run. Not a lot of big plays are going to happen there. And then it's going to go to the passing game. Who's going to make the bigger plays in the passing game? Who's going to make plays in the passing game might actually be the way of saying that. And that, that's on both sides. That's hitting, hitting downfield shots if they take them. That's turnovers. And, and Belox, you said it, right? You can't trust Graham Mertz right now. I don't know if you can trust Cade McNamara, but if you look at Cade McNamara this season, he's not turning the ball over. And then that's going to ultimately probably – ultimately going to make the difference in this game. It's not going to be high score, and I'm I'm predicting it, something like seventeen to fourteen, and and that that might even be too high. Yeah, it'll definitely be for those those folks that like old school Big Ten slog it out uh, football, which B locks. I know it's right up your alley. Oh man, I cannot wait to watch this game, baby. Oh, that'll be a fun one to watch. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we uh, we have, we have several more games on the list that we were thinking about talking about. I'm going to skip the Ohio State Rutgers game. Um, I think we all all think Ohio State's going to win that one. It's you know. Does Rutgers cover or not? But uh, let's let's skip that and let's go to Florida and Kentucky because I know Scotty, you are big on Florida this week. Yeah, gentlemen, this is a hey, this is my biggest play of the year so far. This is a this is a massive bet for me. Um, this is a this is a four unit play for me, and this is so this is the most money I put down in a game this year. It's my highest, it's my highest confidence level, guys. Um, so I'm letting it ride on the Gators. Um, I don't. I don't quite understand this line, to be honest. I mean, another playing at Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, you know, listen, they're they're a good football team, but that's you know, bottom line, guys, they're still Kentucky. I mean, Florida is going to go in. Kentucky hasn't beat 
Florida at home since I don't know when. They squeak by. So here's Kentucky's wins. They beat Chattanooga by five points. Chattanooga by five points. South Carolina by six. Missouri by seven. I mean, a couple, a couple good wins over very average teams under a touchdown score. Um, you saw you saw Florida take Bama to the wire. You saw them, man. They they buckled down. Um, the Tennessee game, you know, they they pulled ahead there at the end. That game was a little bit closer than what the score looked like. They won by twenty four, but. Um, Listen, th- there's no way. I, I, I've ran this through my head so many times, and I keep coming back to a 10- to 14-point game, right? I'm thinking about these scores. And listen, let's say it's a 38-27 game, or let's say it's a 35-24 game. Kentucky fans are going to be pumped. Everybody around the league is going to be saying, man, that was a great game. Kentucky played great. They played as good as they could possibly play. So that's the scenario I'm playing out, right? If Kentucky plays as good as they can play, Florida comes out and plays good, and they beat them by 10. So listen, I think that line's too low. I actually got in on it really early. I got it earlier in the week, so I've got it actually at, at eight and a half. So that's actually moved in Kentucky's favor. So money's coming in on them. But guys, I don't, I don't see it. I don't care who starts at quarterback for Florida, Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. Um, they're just, they're too good. They're a much better team. They're, they are talented guys. This is, if you look at the Florida roster up and down, and what they've been able to do to the transfer portal. I mean, dude, it's five stars across the board, and they're just starting to gel a little bit. This team is dangerous, and they're going to get better. Um, and, and here I love this. Um, C. Cash talks about Dan Mullen where he's back in state. He's like, you know, he wins the games he's supposed to win and he covers the spreads he's supposed to cover. And so <laughs> this is, he does, man. You know, like he, he, he falls a little short in those monster games like against Bammer, let's say the SEC championship in Georgia if they make it back there um, to the championship game after the, if, if they can get through Georgia. But those are the games he kind of he squanders. But these games like this, man, he, he wins and he wins by the margin that that Vegas says he's going to win. So I'm going Florida, guys. It's a monster bet for me. If I hit that bet, I've I'm, I'm got a great weekend ahead. Love it. Scotty, I, I'm with you on that Florida pick. I, I, they're just a deeper team. And the thing that right. I love about Florida uh, and going into this game that gives me confidence, and I agree with you, a 10-point-ish game, is you know they played toe-to-toe with Alabama, and they came <laughs> out the next week against Tennessee, and they were shot out of a cannon early in that game. Uh, and they didn't. They didn't. They didn't sleepwalk their way through uh, a game that where they ended up uh, covering that spread, which was eighteen and a half. And, yep. and that's what that's what good teams do. Obviously, we'll learn if that's they're right. a great team this week when they cover. But uh, I'll say this: that they they look like they are right there, uh, a step above, a cut above. You know that that mushy middle in the SEC. They may not quite be at the Alabama and Georgia level, but they're not far behind. Yeah, and that's where I think they're going to be. Kentucky by ten. I mean, Mickey, that's a, that's an outstanding point. I mean, I, I think a great a, a great like the, the a comparison to Kentucky. Kentucky's a lot like Tennessee, right? Those two teams are very equal. When they play, that's probably going to be a heck of a game. That's going to be a one score game. That'll that'll be a battle. And so you saw what Florida did as, as the game continued against Tennessee. Started making big plays, started making big stops. Um, it's, I feel like very similar outcome. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised um, if, if they don't beat them by, again, 21-24. I think the game will probably be in the 10-14 range, but I would not be surprised. That's a three-touchdown game in Florida's favor. Excellent. Well, I'm telling you guys. So, uh, Scotty, uh, I'm, uh, I got my dough on Florida, man. Yes, sir. Excellent. Well, the last college football game we're going to touch hey, on. Hey, this is- hey, Maddie. Before before we keep going, man, I just saw my bank account here in DraftKings pop up uh, a nice couple of units. Um, I got some big money tonight on Iowa and Houston. Those those were both two unit bets tonight, Ooh. dude, and uh, they're hammering it. So good start to the night. Houston plus four, Iowa minus three. Those were locked, son. Oh yeah, we were we were talking about that at the top of the show, man. Okay. When we were getting started, it was already forty one seven Iowa. <laughs> 
<laughs> so a great way to start out, the man. weekend. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so the other one, last game we'll talk about, uh, between two top 10 teams, number seven, Cincinnati, is visiting South Bend, Indiana to play number nine, Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is actually the dog in this, getting one and a half points. And this is a game where we are taking some different sides, gentlemen. I know Mickey and Belocks, you guys like the fighting Irish in this. Oh, yeah, we do. We like the fighting Irish. The uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, earlier in the show, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, surprise of the week. And, and, and for me, the surprise of the week was, uh, was Notre Dame and how they played against Wisconsin last week. And, and the way that uh, Marcus Freeman and that Irish defense showed up to stop the run uh, against a, a really tough, uh, again, Wisconsin run game. So uh, – after last week, I, I, I got to tell you, I think that the uh, some of the reservations that I had with Notre Dame in terms of, of, of especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, those went away. And I am looking at Notre Dame riding that improved defense. I think Marcus Freeman is going to get a uh, – going to have a solid game plan here coming, against, uh, coming up against a, a, a very tough Bearcat offense. Uh, but I think that that – that, that defense is going to stand true, and I think uh, they're going to limit Cincinnati and how many games – or I'm sorry, how many points that they're going to score. And I think that offense is going to continue to flourish and, and, and put up some points here. So I'm um, looking at this be, as being a win for Notre Dame here. and I don't know. Uh, Mickey, what, what did I miss here? Well, you know, I just look at Notre Dame when they're at home as underdogs, and I think that that says that they're 9-1 in their last 10 against the spread, uh, to your point. Their defense is, is gelling. But Cincinnati, it's it's their Super Bowl. They're going to come in, and, and they need this game. They're going to be the more desperate team. I, I think that the counterweight to that for Notre Dame, Notre Dame not being in a conference, they don't have the they don't have Penn State next week. They don't have Iowa in two weeks or Ohio State down the road. They, they're just taking it one game at a time. And the fact that Marcus Freeman came from Cincinnati, the fact that they're the dogs in this game. In fact, Brian Kelly came from Cincinnati when he took the job 12 years ago or – yeah, twelve Somewhere years ago, I think, when he came over, it, they're not gonna they're not gonna look past him in that sense, right? It's not the David versus Goliath situation that Toledo Notre Dame was a couple of weeks ago, and I think that's gonna help mitigate some of that. But but really, the big question mark for Notre Dame, Jack Cohn, sounds like he he might be good to go, might not be. He's got the ankle issue, uh, and Notre Dame would be down potentially to their third string quarterback. That's a question mark. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good game, Maddie. I know you. You love Cincinnati. You've been banging the Cincinnati drum uh, for a couple weeks now. So I know you got uh, some some thoughts about this one, how it might play out from a betting standpoint. Yeah, I am on Cincinnati. I have several different bets, and uh, I'll, I'll drop some of those later in the show. But I like Cincinnati to win this game. Um, I think this is a, a, a very good team. They have a veteran quarterback um just you know a lot of, a lot of veterans on the defensive ball other playmakers are back on the on the defensive side you know the running back is a strong running back uh alabama transfer um so yeah i think i think the cincinnati team is just a good team the game against indiana they came out early and it looked like they had some maybe some jitters maybe a little too hyped up knowing this was a big game they had to come out and look good in but they did what a very good team, potentially a great team does. And, and, and they were able to, to, to kind of slog it out and then pull away at the end, even though they weren't playing the best football uh, in the first half. 
interesting nugget. Marcus Freeman was at Cincinnati last year as their D coordinator. So how does, you know, that, that's sort of the game within the game, right? Who, does that benefit Notre Dame? Does that benefit uh, um, Cincinnati? Uh, because they're going to, they're going to know what, what Freeman likes to do, but Freeman's going to know what, what uh, the Cincinnati offense likes to do. And, does that have an impact or not? I don't know. This is one of those games, though. Again, I'm kind of looking at first half. You know, I don't have a play on this, but part of me feels like Notre Dame's going to be up at halftime uh, for similar reasons that Indiana was up at halftime. Is I think Cincinnati is going to come out knowing this is their Super Bowl. I think they're going to be amped up. Um, I think it's going to be close at halftime, but I, I could see Notre Dame hanging in there. But then I think the second half, Cincinnati is going to pull away. And win this game by, you know, a touchdown or so. Um, so that's it for our college football games. Let's take a look at some of the NFL games that we have on tap. Mickey, do you wanna you wanna run through some of these some of these uh, games we're looking at? Yeah. First, you no, know, we're gonna start with a with a big game in Chicago, the Detroit Lions, uh, rebuilding since what nineteen fifty six Beelocks. Oh, buddy. 57. <laughs> what, 57, 57, right? Yeah. Re- rebuilding since 1957. My uh, my Detroit Lions here, yes. And uh, I tell you what, as a, as a Detroit Lions fan, I, I nearly had a heart attack uh, at the end of uh, last Sunday here with the uh, record field goal being kicked by, uh, by the Baltimore Ravens there <laughs> at the end of that game. And, you know, thinking that, that, that Detroit – a wouldn't cover the nine point spread to begin with. And then, you know, with the prospect that they might win for a brief period of time, it, it, it really tore at my heart. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the Detroit lions squaring off against the bears. And, and, and actually this, I think this is going to be a, a fairly close football game uh, because, you know, my, my Detroit lions who, who definitely are, are trying to rebuild since 1957 uh, are still, uh, you know they're 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 making they are making some strides and Chicago who has an incredibly strong defense here um, can absolutely limit limit scoring but their offense has been you know pretty pretty atrocious so well, go ahead Matty Belox I was gonna say and I'm actually I'm liking the Lions in this one and mainly well, because uh, <laughs> yeah yeah why right. Uh, <laughs> Mainly because of Chicago and their quarterback position. You know, uh, last week, Justin Fields was sort of hung out to dry. If you look at the number of dropbacks that he had, like 80% of his dropbacks were only um, five-man protections. Uh, you know, that's – that that's you, you got to question what Nagy's doing with a, with a rookie quarterback who's – you know, rookie quarterbacks hold the ball a little too long, right? And he, and he did no help uh, – you know, on the vast majority of their snaps, having just a five-person protection. And, and we saw it, you know, I mean, Fields just did not perform well. And that seems to be kind of what Nagy likes in his offense, and he's not adjusting that to Fields. Now, it sounds like uh, it's going to be a game-time decision who starts, so part of me feels like uh, maybe Andy Dalton's back in. But then you have a banged-up Andy Dalton who's kind of returning from an injury, so that that's why I'm liking the Lions here. They they bang close, like they're 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 biting off kneecaps. Like they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> get close, and and I feel like this is the game they're gonna get it because the Bears the Bears seem to be progressing backwards because of their quarterback play. There doesn't seem to be that continuity. Um, you know, Nagy's struggling, I think, and uh, it just it just feels like this is Detroit's uh, 
time to come in and get the W. Hey, I, I, I will agree with you that, that Detroit has been steadily making progress. They've been, they've been getting better week in and week out. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's got those boys playing hard. Uh, you know, again, that, that Ravens game was supposed to be – they were supposed to be nine-point dogs against the Ravens. They ended up nearly winning that game. Perhaps, you know, some may say they should have won that game. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a potential penalty – uh, for uh, for procedure delay of game uh, on the Ravens that that uh, was was questionable in that game, uh, which which would have made that uh, field goal virtually unattainable from from sixty six to like seventy one yards, which which obviously is uh, incredibly difficult to do. So yeah, I, I like the way that the Lions are 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 at least making progress here. So Maddie, I got to tell you, I really hope you're right here. <laughs> You know, the attitude in Chicago, you know, first off, I'll agree with you guys that the Lions are progressively getting better each week. Uh, but the Lions don't have the pass rush that the Browns had. But the attitude here in Chicago is this. Matt Nagy completely hung Justin Fields out to dry. Maddie, you mentioned it, the amount of dropbacks they had that had empty protection sets. Uh, Fields held the ball a little long on some of those, but, but if he didn't, it would translate to a throwaway which still means that the pressure is getting to them and disrupting the play. So whatever Matt Nagy was doing, whatever their, their, their game plan was to put a rookie quarterback in that position was, was, was absolutely atrocious. The, the rumor this week is that Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, might be calling plays. Unknown who's going to start, because Nick Foles, the third quarterback, he might even be in the mix as well. It, it just seems like a very pessimistic time around, around the Bears. The, the big question is, does the locker room rally? The defense played really good against the Bengals a couple weeks ago. They played really good in the first half against the Browns until the end, but the offense couldn't do anything. 47 yards of offense last week. Uh, It's going to be really important if the Bears give whoever their quarterback is some safe throws, if it's Justin Fields and they move the pocket and they help him out with with more protection and and maybe only having some three- and four-man routes to help him get comfortable and move the pocket – you might see a little bit of confidence. But, but right now, the, the natives are restless. It's going to be an interesting crowd at Soldier Field on Sunday because as soon as the Bears show signs of struggling, the Boo Birds are going to fly. And I really do think Detroit is in a position to come in. This line, Bears giving three points at home, I, I, I'm, not seeing a Bears, I'm not seeing the Bears covering this one. I definitely take the Lions plus three here. I look at that total of 41.5, and, and I'm thinking to myself, no way the Lions are going to score – 25 to 30 points that's that's an under i look at this as an under maybe that's a sucker bet but living in chicago it's just been such a negative and pessimistic week toward the bears matt Nagy, if they lose this game will probably be fired on monday i don't think you're going to disappoint a lot of chicago bears fans if that happens he is a so-called offensive genius guru coming from the andy reed tree and he's failed with mitch trubisky and and it's it's early on justin fields but when you get 47 yards of offense with a a quarterback who's taken 11th overall who a lot of people are very high on going into the draft you got to figure some things out and really the bears need to take this week to look in the mirror but i don't know if it's going to be enough anyways that's my soapbox rant. If you've watched any sort of (laughs) nfl coverage this week i'm pretty sure everyone has said the same thing but the reality is the Bears invest a ton in Justin Fields and they don't even have him prepared to play a game. It is absolutely ridiculous. This might be a brain bet. It might be a heart bet, but the Lions plus three is my pick in this game. 
Then we have Tampa Bay and New England. The Tom Brady Bowl is another big one. Tampa Bay is laying a touchdown. Ooh. Quick thoughts on this one, Mickey? You know, Tom Brady's going to go home, and I think he's going to put up a big, big, big game. He knows, yes, it's going to be emotional, and everyone's going to want to shake his hand and give him a hug, and it's going to be sentimental, and the fans are going to be cheering him when he takes the field. There'll probably be a very nice video montage if Bill Belichick allows for that to happen during the game. But the reality is these are two teams that are in completely different places. Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl contender. New England is maybe going to get to six or seven wins this year when Mac Jones starts to get better as the season goes on. But right now he's not there. I don't like these, these one touchdown spreads in the NFL. Frankly, I like to stay away from them, but if I had to make a pick on this one, I'm picking Tampa minus seven on Sunday night football. I'll be on a plane to Texas, so I will not be betting on this one. So I'll not be able to watch <laughs> this one, but I would expect when I, when I get off my flight down in Austin, that uh, Tampa Bay will have easily covered this line. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that one, Mickey, here. We're, we're taking a look at uh, at Mac Jones, who is still developing as a quarterback, going up against one of the tougher defenses in the NFL here. Uh, it, it's really difficult to, to think that, that New England is going to cover that seven-point spread against a, a really strong Tampa Bay uh, football team across the board, both offensively and defensively. Uh, yeah, a couple of things. You got, I mean, listen, it, it's at New England. Tampa Bay's secondary is destroyed right now. I think they're what are they missing two, three starters? I mean, they are scrambling to. I mean, they just signed Richard Sherman, you know, and and, and who who knows? Like maybe the dude still got a little bit left in the tank, but I know a few other teams had passed on him. Um, and Gronk's out. Gronk's not going to be playing, and so that's a that's a big time. You know, Gronk and Brady together in that game. Now, listen, I would be all over Tampa Bay, but it being at New England, that crowd will be loud. It will be a crazy environment and you know dude Bill, belichick has got this game circled he could have cared less about those i'm just he is <laughs> he's so ready for this game so uh I, i'm not going to touch this game um just just because of those few reasons right there um it's if tampa bay secondary was healthy it's one thing but they're not and who knows man jones could come out there and have a have a big game and, and it could be a little field goal game man at the end of the game i mean i, I could totally see it as, as, as the clock runs out uh, New England kicking a field goal to win it. I don't know. That's just a, it's going to be a good game. I can't. So, wait so Scotty, I'm kind of I'm with you as far as staying away from this. I I kind of like this. I I kind of um, with Gronk being out and some of the things talk about the Tampa secondary being at New England. New England's got a pretty decent defense. Um, you know that seven point spread uh, to me that's just just feels a little too high. Maybe if it was down, maybe if it was under seven, you six and a half or something, I'd feel a little bit better. But I'll probably end up staying away. But I also know my, I also know the lesson. I mean, this goes back to last year. You don't bet against Tom Brady, right? So right. Uh, well, you're either betting on him or you're well, staying away. So I'm, you know, I'm probably going to stay away. Mac Jones is the only rookie quarterback with a win this year. Only rookie yeah. quarterback with a win. Um, yeah, well, this this will definitely be a very intriguing game to watch for, for, for the whole Brady-Belichick uh, uh, drama and dynamic going on. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting must-see must TV on, on – is, is that the Sunday night game? Anyone know? I believe so. I believe yeah, so, Matty. Absolutely. Well, the last, uh, the last uh, NFL game we have, this is a Johnny Dogs pick, Mickey. Do you want to – you want to yeah. share the New York, uh, New Orleans? Johnny Dogs all over New York Giants getting seven and a half going into New Orleans. Look, you go on sportsbetsfun.com. You read 
Johnny Dog's articles. Mad Max has got his Thunderdome picks for both college on Saturdays and NFL on Sundays. More insight, more picks. And hey, these guys are also crushing it as well. But, uh, you know, Johnny Dogs, this is what he says. He's guilty as charged for being seduced by that seven and a half point spread. The Giants can't lose every game, but even if they do, they're going to eventually cover. Thinks the Saints playing their first game back in uh, back in New Orleans this season, following some of the the hurricanes that have gone through and the bad weather and power outages in, in Louisiana is actually going to come with some distractions for the Saints players. Uh, but yeah, he likes he likes the Giants seven and a half here. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, those are those are the the gains of interest, and we had a lot of them there between uh, college football and the NFL. And uh, gentlemen, Iowa and Houston, both winner winner chicken dinner. Yes, so I just served FanDuel account while Mickey was talking, and I saw it go up uh, go up a little bit. So I'm liking yeah. that. Give me some uh, give me some more cash to find some more picks for tomorrow, man. So. I'm totally. I'm gonna totally just take this money right now and. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going invest. off, uh, Scotty. You're gonna be on. Uh, you're getting off the grid on vacation, right? So you gotta get your. You don't know if Fanduel or if, uh, DraftKings or Fanduel is gonna be where you are, right? I so know. you better get your picks I in know, before dude. you get out of town. <laughs> I'll be hitting you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, let's move into our SBF, the Sports Bets Fund Team Parlay. Uh, for our new listeners, this is where the four of us each throw a pick into a parlay and we ride it. And we hit two weeks ago a big one that was over plus 900. And uh, last week we hit three out of four. And gentlemen, we, we've had three out of four, I think, every week except the week we hit it. So we, we've been pretty darn close. And last week's was over plus 1200 or something we were getting a little i think we were getting a little too confident after the, the big win the week before but that raiders game that uh that last second uh touchdown to force overtime uh uh screwed us over on that one but we hit the rams uh mickey had the rams plus one and a half versus the buccaneers scotty be good at arkansas plus five and a half and i had ucla minus four and a half versus stanford we hit all those and uh just missed the raiders by half a point this week Mickey, we'll start with you. What are you throwing in, throwing into the hat? You know, uh, this might be the dumbest pick I've ever made. I absolutely <laughs> hate the Cleveland Browns, but you know the Browns are going in. Yeah, the, the Browns are going into Minnesota. Uh, you know, I think the Browns are a good football team. Uh, Baker Mayfield may be may be the piece that that ends up holding them back, but he's been playing great ball under Kevin Stefanski, who is the Minnesota offensive coordinator. Minnesota's come to life the last couple weeks, but I had the Browns money line at Minnesota. Odds on this one, minus 138. Browns money line is my pick this week in the Sports Bets Fund parlay. Scotty, what are you throwing in? Guys, for the third week in a row, um, I'm going with the Razorbacks. We talked about it earlier. Um, Arkansas is going to cover that 18-point spread against the Dogs, and they're going to stay true to us. They're going to keep uh, hitting on the parlay for us, man. And so we got in the parlay, and I've also got – uh, a unit on Arkansas to, to cover that spread for certain. Excellent. B-Locks. Sue-wee, Scotty. Sue-wee. Yes, I like that Adam. pick. I <laughs> like it. Hey, I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys here, going to the NFL here. Dallas Cowboys are playing the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are dropping uh, three – I'm sorry, four and a half points against the Panthers. But, but again, uh, the Carolina Panthers are uh, without uh, McCaffrey here, and that is their biggest – Offensive weapon. I'm pretty sure this game is in Dallas. 
Uh, Dallas has been putting up points lately, so uh, I'm, I'm rolling with the Cowboys here. Minus four and a half against the Panthers. How about Excellent. them Cowboys? I, I love, I love that pick, Belox. I've got that game circled, and I'm, I'm, I was going to be betting on the Cowboys. Uh, yes, on sir. Sunday as well. Yep. Well, gentlemen, 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 I am going to throw in. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. Boston College getting fourteen and a half points uh, versus Clemson. Uh, I like that hook there on that game. So. Let me punch these into the application. And while I'm doing that, I'll just give you a quick recap. Mickey's throwing in the Cleveland Browns money line versus the Minnesota Vikings. Scotty B. Good is taking Arkansas to cover versus Georgia. That's plus 18. B-Locks is throwing in the Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half versus the Carolina Panthers. And I'm adding Boston College plus 14 and a half versus Clemson. Gentlemen, this comes out to a whopping plus 1,144. Wow. So we are, we are definitely, definitely <laughs> going big. Uh, but, you know, we hit one two weeks ago that was just a little smaller than this one. So um, I like it. I like it. I'm looking at these picks and, uh, uh, I'll be honest. I was I was I was analyzing the Carolina Cowboys game, and I was kind of looking Carolina, but I, I haven't gotten too deep into it, and nothing jumped out of me to, to pull the trigger on it. But uh, and it's the NFL; you never know. Mickey, you're kind of alluding to this with the Browns Vikings, right? You know, going on the road. But uh, eh, we'll see, man. These, all, all these all these look all these look pretty good. We'll see pretty what juicy. happens. Juicy, Ju- I like juicy, that like Mickey's steak. I like those eleven to one odds. <laughs> This will be a fun parlay. I'm, I'm excited to see how Excellent. this one shakes out. Well, you know what, gentlemen? It's that time. Let's jump into our picks of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get it. Picks of the week. Mickey Sanrino is in first place. That's me in the sports best fun picks of the week <laughs> tournament just wanted to clarify that currently sitting at a pretty strong record 11 wins four losses 19 units bet 30 units won steak dinner boom lock the week four and oh but it's not my turn to share picks so you know what charlie cash he submitted his picks i'm gonna kick it back to you maddie money how about you let us know where Charlie Cash's action is? Charlie's got his action. I'm going to give you these three picks. Ohio to cover minus nine and a half. USC, Southern Cal, minus seven and a half. And Central Florida, minus 16 and a half. That is what Charlie Cash is on, and he says they are locks. locks. Lock them in. Lock Hail that eight. man. Listen. I was telling you, that's what I'm, I'm reinvesting that money from the night on those three picks right there for tomorrow. That is not a bad game plan because Scotty, be good. You're up next, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the crowd know. A lot of people think the B stands for bets. What it actually stands for is, by golly, I'm gonna take my money that I won, Kalen Charlie Cash, and I'm gonna make more picks, <laughs> and I'm gonna win more bets. And those bets are, Scotty, you tell us. Yeah, my man. 
Oh, man, it's hard to follow, brother. Yeah, well, hey, I churched up Florida earlier over, over Kentucky. I'm putting two units, guys. Um, I got an eight and a half. That line's moved to seven and a half. You need to jump all over it. Listen, it's a, it's a minimum of a 10-point game. Florida's going to go down, and they're, they're going to beat Kentucky, guys. That, that's my lock of the week, and that's my highest confidence bet of the year so far. Uh, my next bet, guys, uh, Oregon-Stanford. Uh, I was looking at this line. I was like, maybe something's wrong with this. Oregon minus eight. I'm all over that. Listen, Oregon's beaten two great teams this year. They beat Fresno State, who's now 18th ranked, beat them by seven. Um, I know, guys, you, you hate to hear this, and I hate to bring it back up. They went, you know, went down and beat the Buckeyes by seven. And Stanford's lost by K-State by 17. UCLA beat them up by 11. They've not beat anybody good. Guys, I don't I don't understand this line. I don't I hope it's not a rat game, but for me, that's a lot. Oregon minus eight over Stanford. The last one, guys. Texas will be playing at TCU. Texas has outscored their last two opponents by a total of 93 combined points. They are rolling right now. They rebounded well after that Arkansas loss. The last couple of games for TCU, SMU beat them by six and they when they put up 42 points on them. California put up 32 points on TCU. So TCU is getting scored. All they're, they're, the offenses are running up and down the field on them. Texas is going to come in with that high-powered offense and going to do the same thing. Texas minus four, that's another lot, guys, and that's what I got for you. I absolutely love those picks. And speaking of locks, B-Locks, where's your action this week? Ooh, buddy. I tell you what, uh, my, my first game of the week here is one that has already been spoken about already, so I'm not going to talk too much about it because Scotty already hyped this one up, and that's Arkansas plus 18 and a half versus Georgia. Looking for the Razorbacks to come out strong in this game. They may not win, but 18 and a half, that's a spread that I just cannot pass up for a really strong Arkansas team here. Pick number two here for B-Locks. Going back to that Ole Miss versus Alabama game. One of our games of the week. Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, all kinds of storylines here. Love this game. But I tell you what, over under in this game is 80 points, maybe seven, uh, maybe 79 and a half now, depending on where you're trying to make your bets here. Boys, that is a whole heck of a lot of points. And like I said, Ole Miss likes to go fast. Nick Saban is a heck of a good football coach, and he knows when your opponent wants to try to beat you with tempo, you slow the game up. I'm looking at the under here, under 80 points, Ole Miss versus Alabama. And my third and final pick here, we've talked about it already. Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. One of the great games of this weekend. I've got Notre Dame money line over Cincinnati here. I'm looking at Notre Dame. I'm looking at their body of work. I'm looking at the teams that they have played. I'm looking at this team being battle tested versus a Cincinnati team whose biggest win is Indiana. So I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm taking the money line on this. I got it at plus 115. I think you're looking at plus 105 to 110 right now. Where are you looking at here? But I'm looking at Notre Dame to win this ballgame, folks. What you hey got, guys. boys? 
Hey, on that right there, though, B-Locks, I mean, worst thing happens, you lose a little bit of money and you get to see Notre Dame get beat, right? <laughs> yeah. Amen, amen. It's a win-win it's a for me, yeah. my friend. Speaking of getting beat, <laughs> the sports books getting beat with Maddie Money's picks. Who you got this week? Well, I'm going to stay in that same game for my first pick, but I am taking Cincinnati. I'm looking at the Bearcats' total points over 25 and a half points. I think both these teams are going to put up uh, some points. I think this is going to, at the end of the day, I think the Bearcats do pull this out, but I think they're going to get close to the 30, mid 30s against Notre Dame. So I'm liking the Cincinnati total points over 25 and a half. I also am liking Ohio State to cover against Rutgers. That line is 14 and a half points. I think what we saw last week, things are clicking for the Buckeyes. More so on defense. We know they got the weapons on offense. They're going to put up 30, 40, maybe 50 points on offense week in and week out. But I think this defense is probably at the point where they're turning a corner. And I'm not so sure Rutgers really has the playmakers on offense to really do much. They're going to be a well-coached football team. They're not going to go away. But I think the talent is just they don't have the talent to keep up with the Buckeyes. And that defense looks to be, be better. And I like the Buckeyes to, to cover that one. And my last pick, and uh, Velox, this is uh, going to your town, but I am taking the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Money line versus Restore the Restore the roar. Bears. Restore the roar, plus 130. <laughs> Lions are going to go in. They've been so close a few times. The Bears are just in shambles at the quarterback position. It's not looking good. We talked all about that earlier. Detroit Lions, plus 130. Let's go. Go get them. Maddie, I love those picks. I love everyone's picks this week, but that plus 130 money line, if the Lions pull the upset, I'm, I like that strategy you have in, in, in upping those units in our competition. Well, Mickey, let's be clear. Competition second. It's all about making a little bit of money first. Yes, sir. That, and that we do, my friends. And speaking of making money, time for me to tell you where my action is. North Carolina, we're going there for my first pick. Wake Forest hosting Louisville. Our loyal listeners will recall that this matchup was a steak dinner boom pick last year. It's not this year's steak dinner boom pick. This year it's more like a side of what's ahead. Call it cream spinach. I have Wake Forest. <laughs> Plus one and a half last year, and Louisville has kicked the snot out of them. This year, I'm giddy about the total, but interestingly, both teams combined to hit the over just once in eight games this season. But I look at those numbers, they were stretches. Whoa. This week, it's reasonable, 62 and a half. My dad is, it has this game in the high 60s, taking the over here, Wake Forest Louisville over 62. Next pick, we're going to Morgantown, West Virginia. Texas Tech getting seven and a half versus West Virginia. Take me home, country roads, as the Mountaineers are celebrating homecoming this week following a hard-fought cover on the road versus Oklahoma last week. But you don't schedule homecoming games versus the team that's won the last two in this series, and Texas Tech has West Virginia's number. On top of that, the Mountaineers played a tough one last week only to come up short. I expect guns up to make this a game. I'm on Texas Tech with the points. Texas Tech Red Raiders plus seven and a half. 
Hey, you, you guys, you guys getting hungry? You know it, bro. How about a little steak and not just any cut of meat? This week's Steak Dinner Boom Lock is certified 4-0 on the season, USDA Prime. We're going to South Bend, Indiana. This will be a game because Notre Dame is hosting Cincinnati, and we've talked about this a lot. Cincinnati needs this to keep their playoff hopes alive. Notre Dame just waxed Wisconsin, but we can all agree that final score was not indicative of how close that game was. But we've talked about this. We've broken it down. I'm just going to throw a few trends y'all's way. Last time Notre Dame was a home dog versus a non-Power 5 team, Utah in 2010, Notre Dame won 28-3. They're also 5-0 straight up in their last five games as a home dog. The Irish eyes will be smiling after this week's one because this week's steak dinner boom lock is Notre Dame Moneyline. And you guys want to know something else? When I'm with B-Locks on a pick, it's a definite lock because we're 6-0 this year and we're sharing the same pick. Two units, let's go. Steak dinner boom lock, Notre Dame Moneyline. Woo! Stealing my picks. <laughs> Well, I don't like hearing that six and zero because I'm on uh, I'm on Cincy in this game, gentlemen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is going to be a good one, and uh, we'll be watching all these games and uh, tail our picks. You know, when we make money, you make money. Well, we're looking forward to doing it all again next week. Follow until then. Follow all the action on Twitter at Sports Bets Fun. Check out the website sportsbetsfun.com. And have fun watching these games. It's a very good slate of games this week. It's going to be fun. We hope you make some money from Mickey San Reno, Scotty the Good, Locks, and all our friends from the show Charlie Cash, Johnny Dogs, Mad Max. I'm Maddie Money. Thanks for tuning in to Sports Bets Fun.